everybody and welcome to reaching destinies the podcast i am your host erin and i am really excited about tonight's episode we're talking about mental health and therapy which is so much it's very much so needed in um, what's going on with today's crazy society and i have joining me today portia um hey girl hey (laughs) so uh, tell the people about yourself. Introduce yourself. So, hey everyone, my name is Portia P O R T I A. I spelled my name because everybody spells it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the founder of Minds Over Matter LLC. It is a Black mental health awareness and self care brand and business. So we focus on a lot of products that relate to self care and mental health, or workshops and things of that nature. Um, let's see a little bit about me. I am an LCSWC in Maryland. Yes. Um, <laughs> I graduated from Johnson C. Smith University and I went to the University of Maryland, um, Baltimore. And yeah, I have a podcast. It's called the Let Me Tell You Something podcast. And I have a book. So. <laughs> yes. Well, we can get into all of that towards the end because y'all definitely need to check her out. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so tonight, again, we're just going to talk about mental health and therapy, especially in the Black community. Um, what made you get into mental health? Um, so I actually pretty much always knew I wanted to be a social worker. Mine is a little different, so a lot of people say, well, I was in foster care and I went to do social work. <laughs> but my story is that I saw Losing Isaiah, and after I saw the movie, I was like, no, these social workers are not good social workers. They don't care about their clients. They're not um, responding well. And after that, I said, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to be a social worker. So I'm, I have two degrees in social work and hopefully one more. So, yep. Yes. I love that <laughs> movie. That movie was it was deep and the social workers in that movie were trash yes they, I was like these people are horrible <laughs> yeah they, they didn't care mm-hmm. how important do you feel mental health is in like the black community so I feel like it's very important in the black community extremely important I think the issue is that we have so many cultural norms that are that hurt our community. So, like, what goes in the house stays in the house. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there are certain things, of course, you can keep at home. We, we get that. We understand that. But when it comes to um, abuse, when it comes to domestic violence, anything like that, when it comes to the heavy stuff, those are things that need to be dealt with. And those aren't things that should stay in the house. It shouldn't be a hush-hush when it comes to those type of things. But because we do that, we end up having all these mental health issues that are unaddressed right I I definitely agree with that I agree with that what's one of like the biggest issues that you've seen like as a whole like what is something that is you feel like it's like the biggest thing that brings out a lot of mental health issues that are underlining um a lot of unaddressed trauma so it's just a lot of a lot of people like going on with their days, but they're not dealing with the trauma. Um, and then a lot of that goes into, OK, so I have this trauma, but now I'm getting into a relationship or a friendship with this person and I'm bringing my traumas into here. They, of course, don't know how to deal with it or can't deal with it. Um, and then that becomes another traumatic situation so just a lot of unaddressed trauma um and sometimes people don't even know that they have um like trauma that they're dealing with or mental health issues that they're dealing with so definitely those two 
for one. So you mm-hmm. said, yeah, you said like, you know, that a lot of people don't know that what they're mm-hmm. dealing with, what, how do they like find out or like what, what kind of is like triggering that you feel? I think it depends on the person. So yeah. trauma is of course objective. So it's whatever you think uh, trauma is or whatever was traumatic to you can be traumatic to you. I think a lot of times like depression is another big thing or having mental health issues in general is a thing that people don't realize because they think um, it's just normal or they feel like, oh, I'm being crazy today or it's a one-time thing. So a lot of people who are depressed they and don't know about it, they'll just think, oh, well, you know, I felt like this today, but I don't feel like this um, every day. So Or I don't feel like this or excuse me I don't feel like this today but I felt like this yesterday and all last week and all last month but I'm okay because I went to this party or I'm okay because I went to eat (laughs) or we had like things like that it's like no like you have moments where you feel this all the time and you don't know why you're not doing anything about it so those triggers can be um seasonal depression disorder for one of those for one example just around the holidays some people are really more depressed than any other time but sometimes people don't even realize the change in season is also an issue as well so it's not even just like your connection with what happened around that time but it's literally okay it's cold I'm not really interacting with people um, things like that so definitely those and also like substance abuse I feel like we all have that auntie or uncle that we're like yeah she always junk or something like that (laughs) but really they have a substance abuse issue right um and we owe it but we also have those friends right where we go out and we're like oh well she drink more than um three drinks like we know how yes we are we like okay we not gonna do this with this friend and we know how to navigate it but we never call it a problem where we never tell them about themselves we just say girl you know you acting a fool Kind of thing. <laughs> now, I actually just um, mentioned on social media not too long ago um, about seasonal depression, and I had a lot of questions, like you know what it was. A lot of people that thinking like you know maybe they're going through that, mm-hmm. and that you know kind of trying to cover up the fact that we are in this pandemic and it is really getting to them more than they want right. to admit. Mm-hmm. So, just like explain seasonal depression in a in a nutshell like what's your take on it or how you, how do you feel about it girl yeah we can even do a live on this if you want to <laughs> but seasonal affective disorder is really when um your whole being pretty much the easiest way to explain it is your whole being is changing when the seasons change um so that could be okay now my mood is extremely low um it goes into a lot of the signs that regular depression is or major depression is which is you're not eating the same you're not interested in the activities you used to be interested in um you're like losing interest you're losing you could be losing weight or gaining weight you're just really down and out and um, you're hopeless a lot of times you're hopeless as well so those are just some of the signs of seasonal affective disorder but it happens it's different from depression because it happens when the seasons change right now a lot of times when we talk about it we'll talk about it during the winter or the fall because a lot of people have it during that time but I actually did research on it um, because this is something I'm very interested in and it can also happen within the summertime yeah. 
because people, you know, like people are just, it's subjective. So people can feel like, okay, like the winter might really be somebody's strong point. um, But the summertime might be, okay, it's too hot. It's sticky. Like my whole mood is changing. And it's not just those things. It's it's changing your whole being for a long period of time. Um, So that's the major difference between the two. But yeah, for sure. Uh, Because me personally, I hate winter. Um, I don't (laughs) like the cold. I don't like snow. I don't even like seeing pictures of snow. Like, I might like, <laughs> like, none of it. Like, that is something that's just not for me. Like, it's to the point where my family would be like, mm, she's not going to come in the wintertime because, <laughs> like, I just, winter is not my thing. Like, I don't like it at all. Um, I really enjoy the sun. And it's also, it affects Black people even more because Black people thrive off of the sun, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's Melanin, why, yes. exactly, like, literally, <laughs> that's why so many Black people actually experience it and don't realize it um, when you, like, yearn to go on vacation or you feel like oh my gosh um those are it's it's normal for sure to feel those things it's just that a lot of people think oh well i'm just in a mood or my friend is just in a mood but in reality it's affecting you more often and then with covid like you said with covid it's completely different as well because we've been isolated for so long in the months that we thrive off of so now we're going into these winter and fall months and fall like fall hit us real hard this year (laughs) so now it's like Wow, <laughs> yeah. it really is fun. But it, I don't know if it hit us hard or if we just got spoiled with the fact that last year wasn't too deep into yeah. the fall. So now it's like, okay, like you really are fall or autumn, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, like, so n- that's affecting us even more because we've been isolated or not doing the things that we're used to doing. And now we're going into this season um, and we have to deal with this yeah. again kind of thing. And we don't know. I think that's also the issue, too. We don't know how long this is going to be because we all thought like, oh, this might be over soon or this might be over in the summer. And now we're going to a whole nother season. I am where guilty it's not. because I just <laughs> knew it was not going to be like this. Here we are almost literally me and my husband were just talking about that. It has been in a couple more months, a full year yep. that we've been mm-hmm. in this foolishness. And everybody's like, yep. in the beginning, it was like, it's just our new normal, our new normal. And I was like, bull crap. Is that my new normal? <laughs> like, uh-uh. And sure enough, it has been our new normal. I'm tired of these masks. I'm tired of all of this. Yes. Like, you know, <laughs> so I was just thinking, and I'm still like, you know, I'm still very, very hopeful. However, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, dumb to it either, but I'm, I'm right. still hopeful, like, you know, that I'll be able to live my life a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, on mm-hmm. a different level than, you know, this. And yes. yeah, it's just been, it's been crazy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, In your experience, who do you think suffer more from mental health issues, men or women? Oh, that's a good question. And I know you sent me this question, but now that you're asking it, it hits a little different. (laughs) Um... I think it's really hard to say. I wouldn't say one suffers more than the other. I think yeah. that women are more prone to getting help than men are. So I think that that's the major issue with mental health issues. I think men deal with... a. It's Yeah, it's really hard to say. I don't know. I feel like men have a lot of mental health issues. They're just more unaddressed than the issues um, that women deal with. Yeah. So I don't... So I think I would more so lean towards that versus who deals with it more because we literally have so many men and so many women that deal with it um so that's kind of hard but yeah <laughs> and what about like your take on like a, like in as far as like 
who do you think suffers more out of adult and adults and children? Do you deal with both? Like do you, your clients, is mm-hmm. it, you have a mixture or? Um, so I do family therapy. So oh. that's when I deal with yeah. the adults. Um, I have had adult clients, but they're mostly like young adults because I prefer not to work with adults. Yeah, um, I prefer <laughs> I prefer the young adult. Well, I do prefer the young adult population, but I mostly work with elementary school and up. Ooh. So right now I have middle and high school. But mm. when I first started, I was working with elementary. Yes, yeah. I'm at that point. In, I'm at that point now though, where I'm like, you know, let me move over to the yeah. adults who are. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy yeah. because I work with adults in mental health, and they they are children, so. They're that too yeah so it's definitely that um yeah I'm like I'm in a in a stage where I'm like okay it's time for me to switch populations because it's just a lot but I do think the issue I see the most is that adults are more comfortable with their issues so they're like yeah I got problems but it'll be fine and but when it comes to their children they have a lot of issues but they're not willing to address Mm -hmm. those issues fully um and then if they are the real problem is adults parents should I say a lot of parents think that okay well my child is in treatment so you can deal with them but they don't want to be involved in the treatment they're like no well I'm not here whatsoever for my Oof. child is right and it's like you're the no, problem like, because, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> not only that but if I'm working on all these interventions and then your child goes home to you and you're 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 like undoing all the work yeah. that we just did um so yeah so definitely I felt like that's the issue and that's what makes me want to change populations because it's so hard to deal with um people that ch- children who really want to learn and grow and who are able to learn and grow and their parents are not invested in it um yeah. or even the 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 teenagers um they're like yeah like i'm here but i'm not here kind yeah. of thing. and it's like i'm over chasing people down like i'm i'm ready to do the um self-referrals yeah like, come to me with you <laughs> because you're more invested yeah. that absolutely. way unfortunately absolutely i um am in a place where it's like you can't help everybody and i, mm-hmm. I knew that and like you know i've mm-hmm. been through that but I'm in it even harder now because it's just like, you know, yes. I don't know what you want from me and I can't do <laughs> everything for you. Like my clients right. want me to um, find them a job, go on the mm-hmm. interview with mm-hmm. them, fill out the application. They want me, like, you know, <laughs> do mm-hmm. a resume. I'm like, so what you doing? Like, right, they want you to enable like, them a lot of times. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And, you know, I just actually had to tell, she's a young adult, and I just had to tell one of my clients, like, you just call me when you're ready. That's what, that's what yes. you do. Because uh-huh. it's clear that my efforts are way more than your efforts, and I'm not interested mm-hmm. in that. So I can definitely, I definitely agree with that. I don't, I don't know, sure. go to the other side, girl, because... <laughs> but that's actually good that you did though because if you did everything for them then you're still that person is still gonna be in the same situation they were absolutely because you enable yeah. them so it's like no and sometimes people need honestly a lot of times people never get checked and i've realized yeah. that people are like oh like hmm yeah like nobody ever told me that before and i'm like nobody everybody yeah and you have so, to like yeah. check them like real nasty kind of check them in a nice <laughs> nasty way because, a nice nasty you know and she's just like well i mean you're like my job coach and i'm like no no no, no. wait 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 one second let, let me break it down to you. <laughs> wait, wait now wait a second yeah it's it's definitely like you know i told her i was like you know well, i got a job so 
Right. You know, when you're ready to get a job, you just holler yeah. at me because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I... The same with kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell kids all the time, I'm not your little friend. Right. <laughs> like, hold on. Let me right. bring it back. I'm not right. your friend and I'm not your mother. Okay? So, job coach, I can do that. I can be your job coach. But we gonna, you're going to help me help you. Okay? That's, right. that's how we go exactly. with this out. What's your take on medicine? Like, depression and so, medication. I think that medicine is good for some people, but I don't think medicine is good for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I definitely believe in staring clear of those professionals who feel like, well... I met you the first day you need to be on medicine unless of course you can see that that person needs to be on medicine which you can more than likely tell immediately um if it's that for the first day I yeah mean, you can automatically tell like okay yeah you might need to be on medicine yeah. but I think that there are some professionals especially those who don't work with black people mm-hmm. they'll say like oh yeah you need to be on medicine your kid has ADHD like okay well what else can we do before we get to the point of saying that we need to be on medication so I'm not fully against it i am against like a high dosage of medication um and i and i am against the immediate um need for the medication if you didn't try other things because i've had kids who like i've had a kid um before and he definitely needed to be on medicine but he didn't need to be on the dosage that he was on because it literally changed his whole entire personality um and it was very scary to see because it was just like hey how are you good morning and he was just like hey and I'm like, oh, this is not you at right. all. Like you're not, and you can't even be in tune with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm an advocate for medicine if that's what the person needs. But I am an advocate first of understanding what the person's needs are and how to address those needs outside of medication um, before it gets to that point. So I'm glad my full time agency, um, they definitely are not medication pushers. Yeah. They'll be like, well, did you try this? Did you try that? Okay, let's try this, and they'll automatically give you a low dosage um unless of course you meet the qualifications but they'll give you a low dosage to try um and they'll they'll monitor what your medication is like and how it's affecting right so yeah i just really i definitely think it's different strokes for different folks because i am not i am against medication especially in children because Mm -hmm. essentially they're children so let's start with children-based things and I feel like you know medication Mm -hmm. is for adults like you know Mm -hmm. I don't feel like every child needs medication every child does not have ADHD I'm so tired of that right like you know it's it's definitely like I said different strokes for different folks but it's right and realistically oh no sorry go go ahead. ahead realistically a lot of people are diagnosed with ADHD because people just need a diagnosis to mm-hmm. build um, oh, that's girl, honestly what it, it. is <laughs> so a lot of times people are like well let me just put ADHD mm-hmm. um, and then if it's a cultural competency thing then it's more so like well all black kids have ADHD right. when in actuality you people we need to have systems in place that teach our kids the way they need to learn yeah. um, and that's pretty much the issue like our kids don't we don't want to sit in class we don't want to sit in training no. all day so why do we want our kids why do we think our kids want to sit in classrooms all day without moving around and doing all these things and that's why it's important for us to have like real real people with either that are either culturally competent or people that look like us in all these settings that are going to be with our kids and our adults right really. yeah i i yeah i agree i agree <laughs> i agree for sure what do you believe um the best coping skill is for like sustaining one's mental health 
Mm, that's a good one. I think, I mean, I'm definitely a firm believer in therapy and a therapist that's going to work with you um, and somebody who's actively in their treatment. So not just saying, well, my therapist said I should do this, so I'm going <laughs> to do this. But more so like, okay, this is what I need out of treatment. Like being active in your therapy and even taking the lead if you're interested in that. Taking the lead on what you want to work on, what you need to work on, how you need to address it. Now, your therapist is going to probably bring up the things that you need to work on as right. well. Um, but just combining the two. So I would definitely say um, therapy if it's to the point where, I mean, everybody can benefit from therapy, but therapy um, also just understanding boundaries. A lot of times I encounter people on a daily, not even just at work, but who really just struggle with setting boundaries and requiring those boundaries. So it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, this is why you're having these problems because you're not setting these boundaries with your man or your woman. Um, Actually, <laughs> you're having yes, did, I wrote my boundaries down literally yesterday because See? yeah, and sometimes that's what it is though. I think that's so good. That's a good activity. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It's a good activity because a lot of times we'll be like, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. But we're not really in. Maybe that's the problem, too. People don't even know what their boundaries yeah. are. Um, so if you write it down, like you said, and then address it, then it's like, OK, this is what I want out of this. And this is what I want out of that. But I've told people before, like a lot of times I'll know what my um, what my boundaries and stuff like that is. But I never required it mm-hmm. or I didn't require it enough. So it's like one of those things where you know the information. So what are you going to do with it? Um, So you also have to require it as well. You can't just be like, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. But then not address it when it's time to address it. Um, And I think that's another issue, too. A lot of people are so people pleasing, Uh, I guess. Yeah. Or afraid of confrontation. That's the the biggest thing I've learned like over the years that a lot of people are quote unquote afraid of confrontation but in reality you don't speak up for yourself. (laughs) So that's what it is. And because you don't speak up for yourself that is a boundary that's being broken because you're now you're letting people do whatever they want to. So now your mental is messed up because you're questioning yourself. You're questioning um, your thoughts, your beliefs. Come on. um, And you're taking all of that. Girl yes. And then you taking all of that in and now it's like okay now I'm down and out. Now I'm depressed and all you had to do was tell somebody this is not how this I didn't like how you treated me or how you spoke to me um and this is not something that I want to just hold in because we keep all these things in and now we don't have a healthy mental right. um and then we post things like I saw a post and it's just so irritating to me and it says something like we all have um or I have a sad story too nobody cares work harder and that's why you have unaddressed <laughs> mental health there issues. it is <laughs> <laughs> and there it is yeah, I, yeah. Boundaries are that. That's a whole. We could do a live on that too, <laughs> because I mean, just people in general. I mean, like you know yourself in general. Like I feel like boundaries need to be placed, especially with family. Like you know, yes, I just feel absolutely. like you're you're your own person. You love your family. Yep. You love you know the love that they give you. But sometimes you need your space. Sometimes you need some time to be away, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like you know, exactly. Yeah, so, and I think sometimes family will try and make yeah, you feel bad about yeah. it. And that's what it is, because yeah. a lot of times people are like, no. And then it's like, oh, well, she didn't want to come. She didn't want to do this. She doesn't have right. to. <laughs> she literally does not right. have to. Um, and that doesn't mean I love you any less or I care any less. It means that I need to put me first because I can't be anything to you if I'm not anything that's to myself. Right. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's hard, but I'm working on it. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Sometimes you got to keep telling yourself, like, okay this is me time and that's, that's okay right. this is until until you're like you know what i feel okay about yeah. this 
Um, and also at work. Like, that's been my thing. Like, today, my, or I think it was yesterday, actually, my supervisor was like, can we meet? And I'm like, girl, nah. like, you had this whole time to ask me. And it was last minute. And I was like, can we meet tomorrow? And she was like, yeah. And I was, at first, I was just like, mm, uh, like, I probably should say yes. And then I sat and thought about it. Like, no, like, we had, we just talked about everything we need to talk about. Now you want to bombard me with all these things. It, I was like, no, like, I literally could. I was like, no, I need to be able to do all these things that you asked me to do first. Right. And now you want to meet? Like, no. Um, and she was okay with it. So it's just like, sometimes you have to know when to, now I'm not saying tell your supervisors no all the time <laughs> now, because that's your supervisor. But just being able to set those boundaries. Like, a lot of times she'll send me emails after five o'clock. Mm-mm. No. I'm not Mm-mm. responding. I'm not responding. Catch you in the morning, sis. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Period. And if I do respond, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all a trick. Tell you a trick. If, if I do respond, I schedule it for the next morning. Um, so that way it's not like, oh, now you have the opportunity to keep responding back right. and forth to me. No. I'm going to go ahead and type it up because I don't want to forget. And then I'm going to schedule it for the next Ooh, morning. So you know. Noted. Yeah. That is good. That's yes. good to know. Schedule all my emails. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, let me tell you. I've been there, done that, working all the time. <laughs> okay. Yep. Never a second off, even on my off days I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I am done with that. So when yes. I leave, Girl, yes. I used to be the one to bring my computer home and I'm working Mm -hmm. you know I'm not doing that no more and now I got this baby and I can't do that no more so you know so it's just one of those things where I and and you know I'm saying I've been there done that I literally been there done that within the last eight months Mm -hmm. since my daughter has been here but I realized like I have to like I have to disconnect otherwise I'll never have any time with her never have any time with my husband like you know it's always Mm -hmm. just been like you know work Work. and that is ghetto Mm -hmm. girl so ghetto I was not I totally feel you yeah Mm -hmm. so because I actually had the same you know what really was my breaking point and it had to get to this point um because first of all one I feel you on that no time with your husband because I feel like a lot of people I dated would be like you are like dating your your career (laughs) like and some people would be like okay like I appreciate it but then other people would realize okay I'm never gonna measure up to your career because you're not dropping no man for or dropping your career for no man and I'm like facts I'm definitely not (laughs) But, but even that aspect but it actually had to get to the point where last year I was working in another position at my same agency and my supervisor made a comment at my supervisor at the time she made a comment it was like well um I don't trust that you'll get it done mm. and I had been doing all these things like I had been going to all these different locations that were an hour away like every week I was at at least three to four different locations I was taking work home I was um doing all these career fairs and stuff that was not even in my job description right. um I was supervising there were maybe maybe it was like 25 staff members I was supervising 18, 19. Oh. <laughs> um, and then when she made that comment, I was like, bet I'm done. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have to tell me anything right. else. Like, I don't even, everything you're saying to me, I'm not even hearing now because I cannot believe that I've been doing all these things you for you to take it for granted. Yeah. You don't trust me. Right. And you, it you were saying that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Bet. I was like, bet. This is good. And then I was like, I'm going to go ahead and switch to the other position um, because I cannot believe I was taking stuff home, yeah. like answering.
during her um, calls and texts and all this stuff. Like she would ask me to do something an hour beforehand, like Ooh. like and not even just something regular, like a presentation. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, hey, I got this presentation um, for this office. Can you um, jump on and just talk about ah ah ah? And I'm like, dang, but but you can't trust that I'm gonna get the work yeah. done. I was like, bet, say less. So sometimes it gets, you, you don't want to get to that point because I was just like, you know what? I'm about to go be, work at Amazon <laughs> or something. <laughs> Listen, Amazon paying, okay? <laughs> Listen, they definitely do. And I used to work there. That's so why I was like, look, I already know this money going to come. All I got to do is pack some boxes, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. Now, I, I lived yeah. in Richmond for a little while and I was okay. um, case managing a group home. So you can only mm. imagine Girl. a group home never, it, you never have any off days. My off day was supposed Ever. to be the weekend, but it was never <laughs> like mm. that. You know, we got this person in crisis. We got this person bouncing off the walls, doing crazy stuff. So it was never mm-hmm. like running yeah, away, running, <laughs> oh, running away. My God, that was the one. They would they would hop ship. Do you hear me? They would get up out of there. Okay. And yeah, yeah. See, no. my phone used to start ringing at like five o'clock in the morning. It was just crazy, and I always looked like a zombie because <laughs> I just yeah. never mm-hmm. slept. And that's when I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna take a step back you know. and <laughs> go sit behind a desk somewhere because I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over yeah. it. I feel that. For sure. Well, we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to wrap up with what are four benefits that you think therapy brings to an individual and why? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. Four benefits. I think that one, it gives you a place to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. The best thing about therapy is that they can't tell you a business. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, well... Excuse me. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to tell so-and-so this because, excuse me, they're going to tell my business or whatever. But if you go to therapy, they can't tell right. your business um, unless you want to hurt yourself or somebody else or you report abuse. That's those, it. those are the only three mm-hmm. times where that's it. That's it. That's all. So it's somebody who can... Um, who can definitely you can speak to just you can have that freedom of conversation with um somebody who's not going to judge you i guess that would be the second benefit yeah. of therapy just somebody who's going to be objective they're supposed to be objective um and if they're not then get a new therapist it's yeah. that simple um i tell people all the time if you if you went to the barber and you came back with your hairline like lebron james <laughs> You would be so upset. You would never go back to that barber. So why do you keep going to the same therapist or same doctor um, just because you feel like they have this title? No, go ahead and get a new therapist. Um, Because just like your barber, you're going to need your haircut. So you need your heel. Absolutely. And that's perfectly fine to get a new therapist. Um, so I think, yes, the second thing is um, somebody who's objective that's not going to judge you but can provide you with guidance. Um, so therapy is not like a snap your finger and you're healed now, um, but it's definitely a place where you can work through your own thoughts with somebody else that's able to guide you through the treatment. Um, so I think that would be my second one. My third one would definitely be healing. Um, I think healing is for sure something you can get out of therapy because once you realize what you need healing from, um, 
I guess that would actually be my third one identifying what your your needs are what you need healing yeah. from um, or freedom from that would be my third one. and my fourth one would be healing because it's more so okay now I've, aden- I've identified all these things and now I have a safe place to figure out what these things are and um, I can work towards um, my healing because once you heal you realize that you have a different relationship um, with people you move differently in life you you don't feel as heavy or as defensive you're able to work through all of your issues so you can be a better yeah. person to other people in your life and to yourself um, so like if you're <clears throat> the type of person who you have negative thoughts about yourself you go to therapy you work through those things and now you're like well hey like I'm actually better than I thought I was and I don't need somebody else to tell me that because I can say that That's to myself it. yes so yeah mm-hmm. yes well so uh, therapy is Jesus it. I have a shirt that says exactly that really yeah. I need that <laughs> I literally just wore yes. it the other day and this guy I went into the dollar tree and this guy was reading my shirt he said therapy and Jesus he said where can I get one <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Amen. I definitely it, agree to it's, that. It's necessary to have both. It is. It, it really is. is, and it's possible. I think people need to understand it is possible to to love Jesus That's and go to therapy. Sure. Um, so the things that you can't work on in therapy is something that you you can work on with Jesus, and the things that you need more guidance that Jesus tells you you need more guidance with is what you work. That's on in it. Therapy, yeah, so. come on. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So much. Thanks for of having course, me. Of course, tell the people where they can reach you at. Sure, I can be found on Instagram at Minds Over Matter LLC underscore. Um, the same on Twitter and the same on Facebook. And so, where can they yeah. find your book? Oh, yeah. So the Living Your Truth Healing Journal is on Amazon. You can get it from via Kindle or a regular paperback book. Yes. yes. So get y'all a copy and follow her. Yes, it's deep. It's deep. Yes. <laughs> I didn't feel, I mean, I felt like it was deep, but people's reactions, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's space. good stuff. It's good <laughs> stuff. Well, make sure y'all get y'all a copy of her book and follow her for all the self-care content. It's all over that Instagram, y'all. Follow her. Yes. Make sure you follow her. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us. We will see y'all next time. Yes. <laughs>